0: Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Jeff
1: Griffin. Our podcast guest today was a finalist in the 2017 Tasmanian Community Achievement Awards and the Get Moving Tasmania Physical Activity Award in particular, Raj Chopra, arrived in Tasmania from India with his wife and their two-year-old son. As such, Raj is all too familiar with the overwhelming feeling that comes with starting a new life in an unfamiliar country. And I can only imagine how intense and stressful that would be. Raj decided to do something about it, though, to help others cope with that transition. He founded the Intercultural Sports League with the sole purpose to bring communities together and draw people out of isolation through participation in social sport. Raj, welcome to the podcast, mate.
0: Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Jeff.
1: Oh, absolute pleasure and privilege. And I, I'm so excited by stories like yours. You know, and I, as I say, I can only imagine how tough it would be coming to a country that you don't know, you don't know people, and you, you're trying to uh, learn new culture, integrate into the community, so you've gone and done something about it. So I'm really excited to talk to you about that. Uh, firstly, tell us what brought you to Australia and the feelings you had in those early days arriving in Tassie. Well, I'm actually from Delhi, which is, you know,
0: a city of 5 million people in a 90 kilometre radius. Um, and I mean, I used to run my business there and it was a very hectic lifestyle. And My son was born in 2010. Uh, So I thought, you know, I I better do something about it to, you know, not just get involved in business and live in a hot, humid city for a long time. So we decided to move to Australia in 2013. Uh, And our first choice was Melbourne, because a lot of people uh, we knew who lived in Australia, they said, oh, Melbourne is the best place to go. you never go to Hobart. Um, And, you know, that was the first reaction of people to say, Hobart. It's something that you shouldn't go, there's no job there. And, you know, it's kind of a small village and stuff like that. And my wife was a bit uh, stressed out that, you know, we made a decision to move to Hobart. Uh, But uh, I mean, I have no regrets at all um, to moving to Hobart and it has been an amazing experience uh, since we have come here. In early days, my wife had a lot of homesickness um, and I can remember for each couple of weeks she would cry Uh, because there was hardly any people she could find to talk and um, she had to go to the university to study and our son was only two years old Uh, so she had all those mixed feelings that what exactly we are doing here why can't we just go to Melbourne and stuff like that but uh, yeah I mean all the normal uh, feelings you have of leaving your home uh, coming to a random place but uh, I'm glad you know we made that sacrifice in the starting because Hobart has been such a blessing in our life, Um, and and we just love living in this small city. It
1: has everything you need.
0: Uh, It's kind of a heaven on earth, I would say. Many people from mainland might not agree with that.
1: And certainly very different to Delhi and even Melbourne, but Hobart is one of the most beautiful places on earth. I think it's just such a lovely place and the people are perfect. So you did very well.
0: Absolutely. I think, you know, if you come to Hobart, it's difficult to leave. I have, I have met a lot of people who try to uh, go to mainland after living in Hobart and they always return back and they say, well, we just don't know what we left till you actually leave Hobart. It is an amazing landscape. The weather is always cold, which is perfect for people from Delhi. <laughs> uh, we love cold weather. You need a blanket whole year round.
1: I'm not sure about the cold weather part. You've convinced me on everything else. We actually moved to Sydney many years ago and just moving state was really difficult for us to learn uh, the local uh, way people do things and to learn about rugby, but also to um, uh, not have friends there was really difficult. Mm. So I, I certainly feel for you and everybody who comes Mm. and tries to integrate in community. And of course, you've done something about that. And you're very clearly passionate about helping others to integrate Mm -hmm. into the community and -hmm. feel that sense of belonging. Can you tell us how the Intercultural Sports League came about? Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, look, when we moved here, that was one of the challenges because there was not many migrants uh, living in Tasmania at that point of time. The migration has only grew here in past five years. Um, there was no Indian grocery shop here. Uh, there was a, a place from Asian supermarket. You could buy spices and stuff like that. And, and I, I found a job. There was no problems with the housing or anything like that. However, I really felt isolated that how do I actually connect with people? Uh, what can I do to meet and make new friends and stuff uh, that can, you know, entertain the whole family and we can do something together. Uh, because you know you realize if there's no friends around you you kind of feel lonely after a time whether you have a good job or a house doesn't matter how much can you look at the scenery if you don't know people um, and so I got along couple of people I knew and coming from India you will know the only thing Indians know is how to play cricket
1: <laughs> uh,
0: so we thought that you know cricket is the best medium uh, if we have our team we create a team and start finding people um, in that way, you know, at least you have time to catch up and do something on a weekend. And so a couple of us got together, put a team together of six or seven people that we knew uh, who we convinced uh, by asking them, we're going to buy you lunch if you come and play with us. (laughs) Um, And so we rocked up one day at the ground and the major thing we realised that in Australia, you have to book grounds to play. Uh, if the grounds are actually owned by councils and by clubs, uh, who are established here from many years, and when you realise that, when one day we were playing and a couple of people showed up saying, "Have you got a booking for this ground?" and we said, "What? What do you mean by booking?" So, oh, you need to book the ground to play through a council. Uh, so we asked that guy, and he said, "Well, you can play in the competition that cricket has many here if you have a ground." So I went to the council office to ask about the ground and say, and they said, well, there are no empty grounds available at the moment in Hobart uh, because most of them are already committed to the existing clubs. So we went to every single council we could uh, to Cricket Tasmania. And they said the same thing that to play in the competition, Cricket you need to have a home ground. Um, However, That didn't stop us. So we thought that, you know, what we can do, we can launch our own competition where you don't need a home ground and we just share grounds with people. So that was a bizarre idea. A lot of people didn't like that idea, but I just created a flyer um, and, you know, based it in Coles and Woolworth. In one week time, we had six teams uh, enrolled to play. And I realized that they were in the same shoes as us. They did not knew how they can play cricket without a ground. So I created the, we created together this umbrella body called Intercultural Sports League. And then I went to the cricket body here saying, well, we've got six teams now and they all want to play cricket. What can we do? And they embraced the idea. They said, well, this is actually really exciting to see six teams have enrolled in a matter of one week. Um, so we can speak to a couple of schools. Yeah. Uh, The school grounds are not that top-notch quality. Uh, However, it's just a ground to play. And we started a 2020 competition, uh, a very small one. And I think, you know, it has been an amazing journey since five years uh, as we created something that never existed here. Uh, You know, we share grounds with existing clubs now. Uh, When they are not playing, we use their grounds to run our competition. So that's how it came about. And what it has seen just establishing their relationships in Hobart. And now there is hardly anywhere I go where I don't meet someone I don't know, and I know mm-hmm. them because of this wonderful game of cricket.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I bet you're teaching all the Tasmanians uh, how to bowl spin, uh, which is not something except for a, a few know how to do very well. But yeah. Uh, that's amazing. You mentioned six teams. Do you still have six teams?
0: Uh, So, look, we started with six teams. This is our fifth year we are running. um, And this year we had to draw a line. And uh, we had to say we are not going to have more than 14 teams. Uh, So we got 14 cricket teams uh, this season. And I don't think we'll be able to accommodate any more than that. We had 21 cricket teams apply to play. And we had to choose only 14 because, again, there is a massive issue of, uh, you know, grounds and facilities. So we have to, you know, understand that as well, that we just can't push the limits. Um, We're trying what we can best and some of the uh, other teams might, you know, play for other clubs and stuff like that. So, yeah, we got 14 cricket teams have grown from six to 14, more than 250 active players. Uh,
1: who are going to participate this year. So, Fantastic. That is what an extraordinary story, starting from someone who understands what it's like to be isolated, to be lonely, to be alone, mm-hmm. to do something like this, to integrate people. And as you said, uh, now you can go nearly anywhere and you'll recognise someone that you've met uh,
0: mm-hmm. through the
1: Intercultural Sports League. So, uh, Do people gather together subsequently in uh, social environments as well or is the game, you know, bringing family and uh, making Mm -hmm. a day of it too?
0: So what we do basically every year before the launch, uh, what we do, uh, we have a big launch uh, where we invite all the team members, their families, local cricket clubs, uh, local politicians, and, and we have a big feast. Uh, We put down DJ music. This year, we had the launch a couple of weeks back where uh, we um, had an exhibition match of women's cricket uh, where all the mayors of Hobart and Glenorchy participated in that as well. Um, And so we do things like that. Plus, we create a group called uh, the Captain's Group. So every 15 days, the leadership of all the teams uh, catch up just to see how things are going, anything we can support each other. Uh, how we can network. Uh, many of the uh, people who actually play in the league are our sponsors as well, because cricket is a very expensive game. One leather ball costs $50. Um, so in a day, one cricket game costs us around $400. Oh. Uh, so you can imagine on a weekend, we have 12, six different games played for 12 teams, oh. uh, 2020. So that costs us a substantial amount of money. So captains and the teams pay a registration fee, then the local businesses uh, pitch in a lot of money as well uh, to support that. So what it has done, it has provided a network uh, where people are connected, finding jobs for each other. Can I share a house with you? Uh, You know, if there is any problems, can can we help you and stuff like that. So there's been a massive, you know, different um, uh, mutual uh, benefits as well for each other uh to catch up and our kids are able to know each other we can meet people from you know i would have never get a chance coming from india to play with someone from pakistan in the same team but in hobart we can do that we have a team uh which is um you know the captain is from pakistan um and most of the players are from india and they won last year premiership so it is just an amazing example um that it has broken all those boundaries um, you know, and cricket has brought people together in
1: one family. Yeah, I think it's wonderful that you're using all of the benefits of living in Australia to bring people together to appreciate each other's cultures and what Australia has to offer. Uh, just amazing. What are some of the countries that are represented in your league? I mean, uh,
0: this year, for example, I mean, they have been starting, but this year we have, Three teams from Nepal, uh, one team from Bangladesh, one from Sri Lanka, uh, two teams from Pakistan, of course, four teams from India. (laughs) Uh, And then we've got uh, two Australian teams, uh, local people here um, who have players from Syria, uh, Greece, uh, Lebanon. um, And then we have people from Bhutan who are playing in the league, Afghanistan. Uh, So pretty much every uh, subcontinent country you can think of. Um, who play cricket, um, they are involved in that. Plus, you got people from the UK. Uh, there's one guy from America uh, who's playing as well. So very mixed. I can say about 12 to 13 different countries represented uh, in one, one league.
1: That's um, absolutely amazing. And it's such a learning to be able to experience and understand and appreciate other people's cultures as well that you may not normally even get to experience or understand. So I think that's, you know, there are so many byproducts of what you're doing. As you said, it's a, it's a learning, it's a social integration, it's uh, helping people find employment, mm-hmm. all the things that are so critical to people who come uh, to Australia and want to make their home and their lives uh, here. So I'm just blown away by, you know, what you do and the real impact, the broader impact mm-hmm in the community that has, you know, there are some real inspirational or success stories that come to mind as a result of being Mm -hmm. uh, involved with the league. Can you think of any uh, that people uh, would be interested in hearing or that come to your mind, you know, in terms Mm -hmm. of that inspirational success?
0: Yeah. I mean, I can give uh, many examples, but uh, for the real success, we will count as, you know, um, we have a, Premier League competition here called Cricket Tasmania Premier League, which is played on turf. And last year we had 41% players from ICSL played in that competition. Wow. And, and many of the players have played grade one cricket. A uh, lot of local clubs have got into, you know, ICSL, and they are picking players from ICSL to play in the local clubs as well. Uh, specific example there is a... Um, Player by the name of Nuwan, uh, You can check him from Tasmania. Uh, last couple of years back, uh, he came to ICSL through a connection. Uh, played for Glenorchy Club, and last year he switched and played with UTAS, University of Tasmania in Grade One, uh, and he scored a double century. Okay. He became the eighth player uh, in the history of Tasmania in Grade One to score 200 uh, plus runs oh. uh, in a one-day match. So that was really good and. And there are many other stories, but one particular thing I think as a very big success is a movie uh, that SBS produced last year called Sidelines. Sidelines is a short documentary about uh, a lot of people you know uh, think that how local people would interact with migrants and, and there is a big notion that people don't get along and stuff like that. And that story particularly counters that. It's a story of two local people who live here, Facing severe issues uh, from health and uh, housing issues and stuff, and they brought a team together and and you know brought people from migrant background together to play with them, supporting them. So that story became really popular, and then Cricket Tasmania and Cricket in Australia saw it. Cricket Tasmania did tell us that it was advised that every staff member watched that uh, to understand the impact uh, ICS had. had. Uh, on the local community here and how it has actually, you know, broken those barriers that should I speak with this person first uh, or not? And as you said again and again, Australia is such an amazing multicultural society. It offers us that place to foster the relationships and help us integrate with each other. And cricket has become that mechanism for us.
1: Yeah, just an awesome story. And, I think that documentary, Sidelines, would be amazing to see. I must see if I can um, Google it and find where I can have a look. But really, truly inspirational story, and your story is really inspirational as well. I hope this is being replicated in other states as well. It's such a great idea. Uh, I absolutely love it, as you probably gather, because I've said that I think about five times. Uh, Are you Are you uh, involved in in any other community activities or don't you have time? I mean, look, I work full time,
0: uh, five days a week. Uh, However, I am involved in, we launched the first uh, multicultural newspaper uh, for Tasmania called Diverse Tassie, as it never existed before. So that has become another platform for people to, you know, raise their opinions, have connections and speak if they want to. A lot of times, the mainstream media might not pick up your stories, but we publish uh, anything that, that is on your heart. Uh, I'm also, I've worked with multi-culture Council for a long time as a project officer, and I'm on their board recently as well. Um, so, you know, I try to be in and here around and see how we can support each other. I My biggest philosophy is, you know, your net worth is your net worth, and that's what you know, it's all about the more networking you have, uh, the more you can stay connected with each other.
1: I like that. Your network is your net worth. I love that. Yeah. It's very cool. Well, you're clearly very motivated. What drives you, your passion to keep going and, and to make such a difference for others? I
0: mean, the, one of the biggest uh, motivations that I have to continue to do that is for my personal sanity. Uh, because, you know, I mean, you get engulfed in too much of working and buying a house and materialistic thing, which is important for the family. Uh, You know, I do want to do that. But when you look back and say, what else have I done uh, where I did not do it only for the money um, or for the financial reasons? And ICSL and Diverse Tadley and any other community organisation, uh, when I do work with them as a complete voluntary, that, that is, uh, that is my personal satisfaction to see that I'm doing something uh, for this amazing state of Tasmania, which has given us so much. It has given us a livelihood, a, a beautiful family here, a lot of support from local politicians, councils, cricket Tasmania. Everyone have embraced uh, whatever we have brought on the table. So it is our time to, you know, pitch in back and say that, what are we going to do uh, to help people who migrate here to understand that what Tasmania has to offer, uh, and what are you going to do to make a difference? Um, because you know, at, at the end of the day, it's all about how we are able to tolerate each other, uh, and if we can teach uh, all of us, or you know, somehow come to a conclusion that how we can live in harmony with each other, that is my passion and that is my motivation.
1: Uh, That's fantastic. I love that. So Raj, just changing pace for a moment, what's something that we might not know about you? I mean, one thing you might not
0: know, coming from a deli, I've lived in an apartment uh, and we don't have the luxury of having gardens there and anything like that. Uh, And I do enjoy a lot of gardening. Um, That has become one of my passions here um, and Recently, when COVID 19 happened, I built a shade house. Um, I never had any skills of construction or anything like that, but I managed to build one and I'm growing vegetables there. Uh, And I spend every Saturday morning, I spend five to six hours uh, just in the garden with the plants and grass and flowers. And that brings me a lot of joy. So, a lot of people from, um, you know, Indian background or Delhi would say, oh, gardening, why do you need to do that? To grow one tomato, you spend hours and hours. <laughs> but, but this is something that I really enjoy doing.
1: It's such a privilege to see things grow too. Uh, to Absolutely. Watch the fruits of your labour, so to speak, uh, as you do with the, um, uh, the Intercultural Sports yeah. League as well. You're seeing people grow. But yeah, I think that's fascinating. What's your favourite uh, vegetable that you're growing or fruit?
0: I mean, I love growing tomatoes uh, because first thing they are very expensive to buy, yeah. and uh, in Indian food we use a lot of tomatoes for the curries. So last year I was quite successful. From January to May, I did not have to buy any tomatoes.
1: <laughs> um, Perfect. You're uh, the tomato king. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: So we we grow a lot of tomatoes and uh, chilies. I I love growing chilies as well, which is another thing that goes with every meal that we eat. Um, And I grew eggplants last year. They are very expensive to buy as well. So I try to grow things which are quite expensive. Uh, Then I can reason with my wife saying, well, I put all that effort, but look how much money I saved.
1: Well, it sounds like a win-win. You're getting some peace and serenity from... Uh, being in the garden and you're saving money as well. Yeah, absolutely. Raj, do you think um, going back to 2017 that becoming a finalist in the Community Achievement Awards Mm -hmm. helped uh, with the Intercultural Sports League? Do you think that, and for you personally, do you think that really made a difference?
0: Absolutely. I think we were nominated by uh, one of the friends we knew here. He's a local coach and uh, I think when we heard about that we are the finalists, we got to attend a gala dinner, uh, with all 500, 600 people. Of course, you know, that was not the COVID-19 time at that time. And I think it was, uh, quite, uh, emotional moment for us as well to say that, look, we've come from a different country, but how much love we have been given, uh, by the local community here as well. And uh, that was, Uh, That really made a difference. A lot of people recognized us. And after that, you know, um, it put us on a pedestal where it became a little bit easier uh, for us to get a little bit of a favor from our sponsors and stuff like that. And just on a personal note as well, you know, when if you are doing something, sometimes you don't have time to reflect back and sit down and say, uh, have I done anything which made a difference? And those awards were just sitting down and listening to, you know, what we have done and why they have chosen us uh, was a quite powerful moment. And that motivates us more to do more and more things.
1: Yeah, that's terrific. Certainly, it's a great validation, isn't it, for what you're doing and a recognition, as you say, that can actually impact others to find out about services and gives you that credibility for whether it was sponsors or grants or other people to Mm -hmm. come and join the Mm -hmm. teams. So, yeah, that's awesome. We're so pleased. And I remember sitting there and watching and listening to your story uh, Mm -hmm. on stage and thinking, wow, this is really powerful. But I guess I didn't at that time, as you wouldn't and couldn't fully understand the impact that you're having. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've grown significantly since then. So maybe you should be nominating for the awards again. Um, Yeah. Well, the 2021 Young Achiever Awards are now open for nominations too. So that is for young people who are under 30. Would you encourage our listeners to nominate a young person they know for an award like this? And you sort of touched on it, but uh, can you just expand a bit more on how much it meant to you to be nominated and to become a finalist? Mm -hmm.
0: I would definitely encourage, I mean, if you know anyone or if we know anyone who's doing some remarkable work, I think they need to be recognised and it only takes you half an hour of your time to nominate someone or maybe a little bit more, but that makes a huge difference in the life of someone uh, who's just, you know, working hard and doing all this work voluntarily uh, in, in their personal time. And we know a lot of people in Tasmania. Some of the young, um, uh, you know, talent that we have is just amazing. And I think you know people should be nominating the young people, so you know they are motivated to sow back more in Tasmania. And 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 I think one of the biggest reasons for them is to nominate people is give them an opportunity to say, well, look what Tasmania had to offer. If someone from Tasmania wins the award. Uh, it's just, you know, a powerful story to tell to the whole country uh, and beyond. And then it gives them a reason to stay in Tasmania because we face a lot of challenges and a lot of young people move out. Uh, the young talent moves out of Tasmania. And if you recognize the people who have done a lot of work uh, and give them a reason to stay here, uh, let them reflect upon that how, difference, how much difference they are making. And if they continue to stay in Tasmania and work for us, in
1: Tasmania, that's the that's the best thing anyone can hope for. Yeah, that's so true. Very well said. I think about it from a politician, um, <laughs> Raj. Uh, putting your deep and meaningful hat on, what's something that you think the world needs more of right now? I think at the
0: moment, you know, with the COVID-19 environment, uh, one of the major things that we are focusing on at the moment um, is, you know, uh, the mental health uh, of people migrating from different countries uh, to Australia as well. Um, as that became that's a very major taboo. Uh, you know, coming from an Indian background, I can say that you know people don't want to talk about mental health at all. Uh, raising really in a patriarchal society. Um, and many other uh, hurdles people have. So I, I think one of the biggest things at the moment, right at this moment, what people need is to support each other. Uh, and, you know, the, the good programs that we have, Are You OK Day and stuff like that, this year they came up with, if you say, are you OK, what's the next sentence you are going to say? So I think the time has come that people start taking that next step saying that, just asking a question is not enough. I do need to support someone who is in need, uh, starting with your neighbours, starting with your friends, uh, people you know, um, and I think that's what we need to do. If everyone, you know, takes up their responsibility uh, that we, you know, all try to play a little bit of a small role in helping one person, I think that would make a huge difference. But that's what the world needs at the moment, I think, you know, that and i think tasmania has and australia has already displayed a huge amount of support for a lot of international students and migrants and i know a lot of programs that are running it has already shown that what we can do um so yeah my my opinion would be you know all we need to do is just take the next step of after you know when you somebody's in need what are we actually going to do to help them
1: yeah kindness Being kind and uh, and thoughtful. We just don't know what's going through someone's mind or what their experience has been recently. People Mm -hmm. are doing it very tough and we just need to be conscious that uh, being kind is so important for people. Maybe we think of um, a previous winner of the Young Achiever Awards, Mitch McPherson, who started Speak Up, Stay Chatty. Yeah. Uh, Such uh, and a powerful story as well, Mm. and uh, I think you're right. Though we just need to be aware of people, be kind, and share our story, and ask people how they're going. So, Mm -hmm. um,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, and on talking about Mitch, I mean, Mitch has played in ICSL um, Mm -hmm. a couple of times, and uh, we are partnering with Speak Up State Chatty, which is this flagship organization, and such an amazing work they are doing. They've developed a sports program this year. So ICSL has partnered with Speaker State Chatty to run some of their programs um, during the next four months at all our games. So I think and that's another powerful example that Mitch has not left Hobart, and we are so glad to have him uh, in Tasmania.
1: Well, I think uh, Hobart's uh, pretty lucky to have you as well, to be honest. So uh, <laughs> well, what, is, what is next for Raj Chopra?
0: uh the next is i mean we are working towards at the moment um of developing uh, a platform uh where can we can we can involve more uh, women uh in cricket uh and that is the next project we are working on we are about to launch our uh, women's cricket team here uh, which will see girls coming from different countries uh, from india china um uh, and places where cricket is not that popular for women so that is the next step we are working on the big project. Um, and it's about to be launched very soon. Um, on the professional front, I've started working with a new organization called steps, uh, a charity nonprofit. Um, so yeah, that's about it. And I don't know what tomorrow comes. I'm a kind of a guy, if somebody comes with a good idea and they want to launch it, I'll probably put my hands in there. (laughs) Uh,
1: You're a good guy to know. So, I think the the women's competition, integrating young women or all women into connection with other people from all cultures is really invaluable as well. And I certainly applaud your thinking about doing that and Mm. integrating that.
0: And and that will make all the wives happy because I've stolen their husbands
1: for the weekend to play (laughs) cricket. So
0: they'll have something to do too as well.
1: Yeah, about time they got their own back. I love it. Yeah. So what's, tell me uh, in a couple of sentences about STEPS. What do you do? Uh, I'm the Business Development
0: Officer here, um, and we work with um, a lot of people who might have disability and finding them employment, um, and we are RTO as well, so we run programs, certificate free and individual support and stuff like that. So, steps the 40 years old organization, amazing work they have done, and it's just um, I'm so blessed to find an opportunity to work with them.
1: Well, I think they're probably equally as lucky, and so your whole life is is spent making a difference for others, which is what our purpose is. So, it's certainly an honor speaking with you. Do you have any words of wisdom or advice and encouragement for our listeners? My words of
0: wisdom and encouragement would be, you know, if you meet someone from a different country, uh, I think the best thing you can do is just go say hi and break that ice Um, because every time what happens, the hurdle is people think that person might not want to speak to me. Uh, How would they react? And if you just say hello, we are all the same, uh, you know, people, I think, react in the same way when you are um, saying in you know, a friendly manner, hi or hello to them. So, uh, my advice to everyone would be just like we did. We just walked into people and say hello and introduce. If you don't ask, you never get. Uh, so, ask for friendship and you will get some.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic advice. You made me think this morning, uh, my wife and I went for a walk and there were two um, uh, Chinese ladies walking on the other side of the road, and I wave and say hello to everybody. But I waved to them, said hi, and they looked at me really weird, and then all of a sudden big smiles, and they both wave frantically saying hello, you know. So um, it doesn't take much, and it costs you nothing to say hi, to smile or whatever it is. So I think you're right, and that's fantastic advice. Go up to people, you know, say g'day. They might be shy, they might be worried that you might not, you know, want to make them feel welcome or you might not like them, whatever it is. For anybody that goes yeah, just saying hello and breaking that ice uh, and making people feel welcome in their own space is really important. Mm. Raj, uh, how can people, our listeners, connect with you I mean, we do have a uh,
0: our website as well called interculturalsportsleague.com um, and the website diversetailsleague.com.au. Uh, we have a Facebook page for both uh, organisations as well. So if people want to connect with us, they can definitely send us an email or send us a message on Facebook and we will reply to them. Um, anyone who wants to play cricket or be part of the community, um, looking for any connections in the Uh, local community more than happy uh, to connect with us and contact us for any of those details.
1: Anybody who wants to promote a uh, multicultural, intercultural activity, they can contact you at Diverse Tasmania as well? Absolutely.
0: So, I mean, if anyone wants to publish anything or they have an event coming up, um, they can definitely send us the details and we will publish them on our website
1: send it to all our subscribers and put it on our Facebook page as well. Awesome. Well, Raj, it's been such a pleasure and a privilege to chat with you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, giving some insights into what drives you to make a difference and the extraordinary difference you do make in your community. It's been wonderful talking to you.
0: Thank you very much for your time. And I, I really want to thank Australia uh, for the work they're doing and uh, reaching out to people like us in regional areas, uh, helping us share our story, which is a, if you guys don't do that, who you know, maybe people won't have an opportunity to hear what we have to say.
1: Yeah, thank you, Raj. That's very kind. We've been doing this for over 30 years and it's every day is special. It's an opportunity to make a difference in someone's yeah. lives and that gives us the greatest joy and privilege to um, to get up every day and to continue to do what we do. So thank you, Raj. And uh, till next week, take care, be kind, and be the difference for someone. Cheers, mate. It was great yeah. talking to you. Yeah, great talking to you then. I hope you enjoyed today's interview as much as I have. We would love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. Did you know that Awards Australia is a family-owned business that proudly makes a difference in the lives of those that make a difference for others? And we thank our corporate and not-for-profit partners for making our award programs possible. Do you know someone that's making a difference? Or maybe your business might like to sponsor an award? Contact us through our Instagram page, inspirational.Australians or head to our website, awardsaustralia.com. It would be great if you could share this episode with your network because who doesn't like a good news story? And please rate and review us. We would really love to hear your thoughts. Until next week, stay safe. And remember, together we make a difference.
0: Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember,
1: together we make a difference.